disruptors. That was supposed to be Julia Louise Dreyfus's talk, which it it was not. Well, that's just because she co-opted what Kevin Spacey, that's what they billed him as. Right. Right. Yeah. And how do you how do you do that when that's not your thing? You just leave the title there and talk about whatever you want. Sad. I, I still think they missed the boat with all of that. Because they, the they built her up in the intro as, you know, obviously the actress and everything else that we know her from. But then they were also talking about the activist and the environmentalist. And the, like, they didn't get into you know, that at all. And they never got into that. And no, that's they what, didn't. That's what would have, like, really impassioned us to yeah. really want to listen to this this conversation and everybody's like well you know this was uh terry gross's fault or this was her fault or no i i think and and it seemed like you know it was only like maybe a two-week turnaround of like oh crap we lost this guy now we've got to do something else it who, didn't who seem like they had time to practice no, no so I you don't know think or, or even prep to like you know yeah. so they're like okay here we've got a top named interviewer um, from Philadelphia that everybody might know. So let's put her up on stage and ask her questions. And then, and instead of having saying, okay, well, here's your audience is a bunch of architects that are sustainably minded, are equity minded, are diverse minded, want to hear about ecology. They want to hear about this. They want to hear about that. Sure. We wanted to hear maybe some stories about like, what was it like to work on Seinfeld or Veep or um, whatever else, as as maybe some anecdotes to the greater thing, which was her activism and her environmentalism. And her value for architecture. It's too expensive. <laughs> I was right. say, it's really too expensive. So, Cormac, I have to ask you, if you sit, you're sitting here at, you know, one o'clock in the morning and you just came up with in, 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 a, in a minute and a half an outline that they could have used to turn that interview into something meaningful for the 8,000 architects sitting in that room. And how does the AI totally miss the boat on that? <laughs> I don't know. I, it's the whole time I was sitting there listening to her, which sad to say, I just listened to that interview that she gave with Mark Marin on his podcast, which was virtually the same thing as what she did with Terry Gross. Oh, no. Um, I was in the whole time I sat there and I was like, I could have given that interview for her, but what I wanted to know is what was her opinions on these activism things that impassioned her so much. Um, Cause she even talked a little bit about that on WTF with Mark Marin, And it was just like, it's there. It's just there waiting for somebody to ask the question. Why didn't they have her ask the questions? Yeah. Welcome to ArcaSpeak, a podcast about all things architecture. My name is Neil Pan. Join me and my co-hosts, Evan Troxell and Cormac Phelan, every other week as we explore what it is like to work in the profession of architecture. Have you ever worked with an architect? Have you ever wanted to be an architect? Maybe you're in school and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Or perhaps you know exactly what it is like as you've been working in the profession for a long time and you know that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or maybe, just maybe, you're planning on changing the world. Join us as we have a casual conversation about all things architecture. 
it's time for some Marcus Speak. Welcome to episode 91 of the Arca Speak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And this episode of Arca Speak is sponsored by Arcat. Arcat is an online resource for all of your building product needs. Check out all the features they offer at arcat.com. Another sponsor is David Brown International. DBI is a professional recruitment and consulting firm for the architecture and interior design industry. Visit them at dbifirm.com. Dot com. We're also sponsored by Drobo. Drobo is a family of safe, expandable, yet simple-to-use smart storage devices. Drobos are designed to protect your important data forever. Visit them at www.drobo.com to learn more. And we'll talk about each of them a little later in the show. But first up, we have some friends of the show to announce. We have two friends of the show. We have a repeat friend of the show, and that is Paul Reynolds. Paul is a Indianapolis architect, and he has been a great friend of the show. And so thanks for listening. We really appreciate your donation. Second friend of the show, brand new friend of the show, is Philip Briggs. Thanks for becoming a friend of the show at ArcaSpeak. Everybody can become a friend of the show and help support it and make it happen. You can do that by going to ArcaSpeakPodcast.com slash donate. Any donation over $5, you can get your name read on the show if you choose. So head on over there to arcaspeakpodcast.com slash donate and donate today. Thanks. All right. Well, we have our very own architect ninja warrior with us, the rock star Rosa Shang from uh, the <laughs> Equity by Design Hackathon at the AIA convention most recently last week. Welcome, Rosa, to the show. Thanks, Neil. Oh, it's so, a pleasure to be here. Thanks. So, Rosa, you had the Equity by Design Hackathon at the AIA convention. Tell us a little bit about what the goal was for that and, and what happened. Sure. So um, this is actually our second hackathon. We had our first one last year in Atlanta, and we were so inspired and energized by the people that came to the event and the outcomes that we thought were addicted. We have to, you know, do this again, right? So we um, drummed up an idea of the most popular topic of the last year's hackathon, which was architecture and. So that idea is that uh, traditional practice as we know it today is going to change and you know be different in the future. And instead of just sitting around and waiting for waiting for it to happen, the idea of hacking it or being future thinking or using design thinking to you know drive solution or the new business plan or the new idea as a leader, right, thought leader, um, was better than sitting around and complaining that you know architecture isn't the same as it used to be, right? Yeah, you don't want to sit around and wait for it to be handed to you. Yes. And then on top of that, Phil Bernstein, who is a vice president at Autodesk, also what we call an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur, but he's he works in a large organization. He wrote a manifesto um, late last year called The Era of Connections. And that was something that really inspired me um, it, because it talks about the different ages of architecture and how we used to draw hand draw and then we went into CAD and then there was Revit and then what's next. So it fit nicely into this kind of discussion of how will we practice in the future and what technology will we use to help transform practice, right? So there's a, a dialogue there. And then added to that, we um, had uh, 
two other entrepreneurs uh, as part of the panelists and myself talking about, um, you know, the startup mentality, regardless of if you're doing a real company or if you're doing a nonprofit. Um, we had Robert Yuen of uh, Section Cut, who I call a serial entrepreneur, and I don't mean Kellogg's or Frosted Mini Wheats. Um, <laughs> he is amazing. He started in architecture, uh, was engulfed in digital fabrication, and had uh, started Section Cut as a you know a nonprofit solution to build a community, basically, of uh, young um, emerging professionals. Uh, transitioning from academia into practice and the resources that they would need to be successful. And that's gotten quite a following. But that wasn't enough. Then he went on to decide that he wanted to do this kind of digital span of, you know, supporting architecture, but on the digital side. So he um, isn't doing, you know, he used to be freelance architecture or architecture for hire uh, doing actual projects, but now he's on the digital side creating website platforms for architects that are kind of ready-made, kind of like Squarespace, but for architects. Oh, so it's I've called, seen that, yeah. Yeah, monograph.io. Yeah, that just came out recently, didn't it? Or at least I just saw a, a link to it recently. It looked beautiful. Yes, and then he also has another company called Big Fluffy, which is a, a rendering, uh, you know, cloud-based rendering solution, uh, which offers, you know, power and capacity to those who don't have speed of rendering or have to outsource it. So anyway, and then oh, there was one last person who was actually not in architecture at all. She, I met her at TEDx Philadelphia, uh, Yasmin Mustafa, and she's uh, a CEO of her own startup company, which designs uh, wearable, uh, wearable. Uh, I don't know what the correct term is, but alarm or uh, jewelry that basically acts as a deterrent against, uh, you know, attacks. So she was traveling through South America and realized that there was this problem of, you know, women getting attacked that were traveling alone. So uh, Mace wasn't working and all these other things were harmful to women. So she came up with this jewelry thing that basically hones or, you know, it sends off an alarm and then it also tells your loved ones where you are. Hmm. So we had these three completely different people leading the charge of design thinking, taking risks, um, having a hacker's mindset or mentality and applying it to architecture. And then the second half, we had people actually uh, be part of the real hackathon. It was a short hackathon. It was usually a hackathon is like a day or two days or three days. And in this week, it was condensed into two hours of, for the second half. <clears throat> and then they had, we had teams, um, we coached them, we w walked around. Um, basically, they had to define the problem by ideating and talking about all the different things that are challenging with architecture. Then they had to hone in on one that they were going to solve for the business plan. Then they ideated a, uh, about a solution, and they came to uh, agreement about which was the best, you know, business plan or solution. And then they had to do a five-minute elevator pitch. So it was a lot. Yeah, to ask That's a lot for two hours. Yeah, that had never met each other before. Yeah, and the amazing thing is, they all succeeded. They all thrived. It was as if the entrepreneurs in the room and all our excitement and energy made them think that they could do this. You know, in a, in our usual situation, you'd be like, I can't do this. Right. This is impossible. Totally. But we gave them the lens of you enter this room and it's yes. And you never say, no, I can't do it. It's yes. And so that kind of reality distortion field uh -uh. of this is your opportunity to shine and make a difference nice. or just think differently. 
um, they all did. And they, yeah. So we had a winner at the end of the day. Um, there's a group that is called FIM, which is Firm um, Information Management or Modeling. And it's kind of, uh, actually, I'm going to, I'm not going to tell you because Lillian, my uh, counterpart and hackathon aficionado will kill me because she wants to launch it as part of her blog post. So that's a little teaser to pay attention to the blog, the follow blogs that will come out and talk about each group's business plan and their kind of experience about learning. But the best part of it was, um, you know, there's, we had a curated collection of um, equitable practice seminars and workshops because last year a lot of people complained that there weren't that many of these topics being discussed. So as a solution or brainstorm, we asked the whole network of people, you know, uh, that we are connected to to submit uh, seminars and workshops. And we had a unofficially a curated collection. There were AIA National's own curated collection. And out of the 11 that were submitted, seven got accepted. So we said, hey, we have critical mass. We're a curated collection. Mm-hmm. So on our website, we advertised uh, for, you know, they weren't all sponsored by um, Equity by Design. Some of them, you know, Amy Kalar, who is Arca Mom, mm-hmm. uh, as her blog post, and she's also this year's, one of the, this year's architect, young architect award recipients. She led um, a group called uh, Building the Business Case for Women in Architecture. And that had like over 200 people in it, which is amazing. There was, we had to, uh, besides the hackathon called Negotiation is Your Power Tool, you know, talking about building up negotiation skills in not just women, but men as well. And then we had one about work-life flexibility. And the amazing thing is it wasn't just a, a group of women attending those seminars. It was actually a a balanced, you know, as at any other um, seminar at convention, there was a lot of different types of people. And even more so in the hackathon, I think it was the most diverse group I have ever seen at convention, period. It, and, and we didn't solicit that. It just happened because of the topic, right? So we had um, millennials or, you know, younger emerging professionals. We had, um, you know, every a lot of different races and ethnicities represented. Uh, we had both men and women, and we had people that were not in architecture, and we had people that were, we had people that were students. And we actually had somebody that identified as, um, you know, technically the term is genderqueer, but somebody who is gender fluid, you know. So that was really great and refreshing to have uh, somebody who is open to being who they are and open to discussing it. And that actually came out in one of the icebreakers where um, there was this kind of, uh, there was a, a exercise called the egg or of, you know, getting to know each other. So in the egg, you're supposed to put things that all the group members have in common. And then outside the egg, you're supposed to put things that are unique to yourself, three things that are unique. So mm-hmm. in talking, that group said, well, we're all women. And she said, no, actually, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm gender, uh, queer, gender fluid. And that was a good point of discussing that particular topic with that group. So I think each group had their own kind of revelations of how they're all different and how they're all, uh, you know, how, what common thread that they have, mm. you know, without intentionally saying, we're going to do a diversity or, you know, inclusion exercise. We just told them to get to know each other and here's an egg and this is, you know, these are the rules. And then they just all went at it and got to know a lot about each other. That's great because that that's like one of these things where 
you're building these relationships that are going to last way beyond the convention, right? That's you, correct. You guys, are, you guys are this incubator for something that is so much bigger than just this one meetup. Exactly. And people were regretful that they didn't sign up for it. We had 25 people officially. You know, some people popped in to just feel the energy. Um, we had 65 people at the happy hour, including two of the presidential candidates. And one of them actually brought uh, Lanny McIntosh. He brought, I think, six or seven of his uh, people from his office to the happy hour, which was amazing. Yeah. You know, it was great. Uh, so great people fun. had a lot of fun. So as we all know, projects keep us pretty busy, and sometimes we feel like we could use another hand to help us out. Would you like to have somebody help you draw CAD details for you? Create BIM objects for you? How about write specifications for you? How about this quote-unquote assistance do all this work for free? Well, the helping hand is RCAT, and RCAT has already done all this work for you. Search the RCAT libraries for CAD, BIM, specs, catalogs, videos, and more. All this content is created for you free of charge and no registration is required. Stop registering on sites for content. Just come to RCAT and find what you need. RCAT has created a website devoted to you, the building professional, to find building products and information hassle-free. Check out RCAT today at ARCAT.com. So you guys also had a booth on the floor? Oh, not equity by design, but I'm also part of the AIA National Diversity and Inclusion Council. And so I serve on that as a three-year term. But a lot of these uh, discussions and topics uh, kind of overlap or blend, which is great. You know, I'm also on the Equity and Architecture Commission. So in observing and listening to conversations with different groups, I pick up on things. And one of the things that we picked up on was that people actually don't really understand the difference between equity and equality mm-hmm. on a fundamental level. And then people have different interpretations of the word diversity and inclusion. So that started us brainstorming about an idea that there's more words that people are afraid to even talk about, sexism, discrimination, meritocracy, you know, a bunch of these words. Mm. So we brainstormed to come up with this game uh, called Equity Jeopardy. I don't know if that's like a trademark or anything, but, you know, um, learn, learn the lexicon. Okay. <laughs> so equity, je- jeopardy, learn the lexicon. The idea being there are 15 words. There's definitely more words, but we started off with 15. And it plays like Jeopardy, where the definition is on the side, really big red letters. And then there's a bunch of these words not highlighted. So you have to pick one of the words. And then so you pick your word and then we do a reveal on the next page, like, oh, ding, 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 there's the you know right answer. Mm. And then you have a discussion, you know, if you're playing in a group, like, well, I thought that meant this. No, I thought that meant that. And then the third slide is a picture or, an, or a cartoon or something that further informs the dialogue or a conversation or the other way of thinking, the point and then the counterpoint of that particular word. And it was a hit. Um, we had... So many people at the booth that were waiting in line to play the game. <laughs> if, you, if you have a game, people will show up. There right? you go. Yeah, or mimosas. There we found that too. Or mimosas. Yeah. We also had luggage tags, so that helped too. People liked nice. our little giveaway item. And uh, we also had a sign-up sheet for uh, people that wanted to be sent the game, or we're hoping we'll develop it into an app um, eventually so that 
people can play it, you know, with friends at their offices as lunch and learns as happy hours. We're joking around that if they got an answer wrong, you would have to drink, you know, (laughs) (laughs) right. So God forbid you better study up on those words, those terms. Um, (laughs) So yeah, the, so the term, I'd like to ask you guys the term equity and equality. What do you guys think that the words mean, or do you have, or you don't know, and that's totally fine too. Well, I yeah, I always think of that graphic, uh, the equality, which is the three people standing behind the fence that are all standing on the same height platform, um, mm-hmm. and these are three people of different height, and this this just the the image association that comes to mind because it's such a great graphic. Um, and then the mm-hmm. the, the ne- image next to it is all of the people's heads kind of at the same level, so they can all see over the fence. So the the tall person doesn't need a platform the medium person has a small platform and the the short person has a tall platform so that they can all equally see they all have the same ability to see over the fence and this is something that i think all firms struggle with because as we go through we all went through the same architecture school and we all saw how some people really struggled and we all mm-hmm. saw how there was you know the one or two people who just did awesome the whole way through and and there wasn't any type of system in place to help those people who needed it the most and and so yes. what i noticed when i was going through school was they continually did really poorly and i'm like man good for you for sticking with this because i wouldn't be sticking with it if it, if i was having that rough of a time but i right. see the same thing in our firms today i see people who have made it i'm using my podcasting air quotes um, and, and they're looking at people who are struggling and they're like, well, I did it. That's yeah. the sense that I get. And so why can't you do it? Uh, and, and it's because everybody is equipped with completely different tools. Absolutely. And so that's what I think of when I, when I think of equity and equality and, and yeah. how badly we need to, like, I hate to say level the playing field, but there needs to be tools in place to help people succeed. because if the people in your firm can't succeed. The firm cannot c- succeed. Period. Right. If the, there's the weakest link, right? Yeah. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And then there's another graphic that we threw in that game, which is a cartoon. And this guy is saying, okay, everybody climb that tree. And they're all animals. So you have like a penguin, you have yeah. you know, a monkey, you have a bird, you have an elephant, you have a fish, and then something else. So who do you think can't climb the tree? The elephant and the fish, right? right. So you could be the elephant or the fish in an, in a situation, and you could be the monkey in another situation, right? So it also totally. kind of says we'll have different situations where we're going to ace it, and then there's other situations where we're just going to struggle. Right. So not everybody has the same. It's not like, oh, it's the charity case, the one person that, that always does poorly or always needs charity we all need charity at some point. Yeah, for, for, yeah, for one reason or another, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's like we're all parents here and we're always telling our children, it's like, you know, there are going to be times that you're going to shine and it's going to play to your strengths. And then there's other times you're going to struggle. And it's those times that you struggle that you need to seek out help from those that are going to shine and vice versa because there's going to be That's people right. who are going to be better at something than you than others and and that's what the teamwork is all about is don't be afraid to ask and you know, I was actually having a conversation with the intern in our office today she's uh, still in school 
And, uh, you know, I was talking about the, the feeling of overwhelming this, you know, that, you know, this is your first time in the, in the, in an office, um, you're used to the studio profession, you know, the studio environment and, um, it can be overwhelming. And it was like, that's the time when you need to ask the help the most. It's not the time to sit back and say, well, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm smart. I'll figure it out. The smart is asking for help and not, and seeking out the people who are willing to give you the help. And so I think that, that kind of, that there's my, uh, two cents of the, to kind of of go with what uh, Evan was saying. (laughs) I want to take a moment and talk about our sponsor, Drobo. Drobo is a family of safe, expandable, yet simple to use smart storage devices. Drobos are designed to protect your important data forever, even in the event of a hard drive crash. There are only two types of people in this world, those that have experienced a hard drive failure and those that will. If you're a Mac user, you have the option of using Apple's built-in backup software, Time Machine. But it's not cross-platform, and if the drive fails, you've lost your backup. Drobos can hold four, five, or more drives, so if one drive fails, you simply replace it with another drive. You can even replace it with a larger capacity drive, and the Drobo software intelligently repopulates your data across all of the drives so your data is protected. Instead of daisy-chaining more and more drives to your computer as your storage needs expand, simply add larger drives to your Drobo. Now that's my kind of storage. Simple and easy. I also want to tell you about a new feature that Drobo recently introduced that is called MyDrobo. What MyDrobo allows you to do is turn a Drobo into your own private cloud server. With MyDrobo, you can create users and give them password-protected access to your entire Drobo or just one folder or even a specific file. I recently got to try this when a friend of mine requested a document that was far too large to email. Using the Drobo dashboard software, I created a username and password for him, shared the file, and emailed the link to MyDrobo. He was able to easily log in, see, and download the file. Simple. Not only have I shared files, but I've also used the MyDrobo feature to remotely access my data while out of the office. The beauty of this is that I maintain control over who has access to my data, and it's not on someone else's server out there on the internet. Simple and safe. There's so much more to learn about having a Drobo. Check out their website at drobo.com, and if you decide to buy, then use the special ArcaSpeak podcast offer code of ARC100. That's A-R-C-H-1-0-0 to receive 10% off your purchase of a Drobo. Find the Drobo that's right for you at www.drobo.com. And thanks to Drobo for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. So what do you guys think of diversity? As the What, what does that mean to you, if anything? What's your you know, this, take on that? This kind of plays in, for me, it plays into something that Rem said. It was one of the things that I could actually pick out because I, <laughs> I could not understand what he was saying, where I was sitting. I think there was a serious audio problem in that room. But one thing that he said that really stuck with me was that he likes talking to people who, I, I'm trying to think of how he put it, but I think he said uh, disagree or have a different viewpoint, right? Instead of people who have the same viewpoint. And this is something that, again, I, I notice a lot in firms is we, we tend to gravitate toward people who are very similar. Yes. Right? Because if people agree, yes, 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 all you hear is yeses, 
then guess what? The work is going to be exactly the same every time. And so then you get to rely on this kit of parts and you get to be really efficient and, and you get to solve the problem the same way over and over and over again. And so to me, diversity means experience. Diversity yes. means a complete range of experience, male, female, different continents around the world, different sized families. It means all of these different things. Uh, and so to me, the more diverse of a team that you can bring to the table, uh, the better the solution could possibly be because innovation is bringing two things together that somebody else hasn't thought of, right? And so yes. the bigger the range of things that you have to bring to the table, there's a way better chance that that's actually going to happen. Definitely. Wow, you guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I always because knew that, but it's funny because it's like it. these are the things that that you you think about because you observe them happening all the time. You, you observe the wrong thing happening. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. And I think people are fearful of expressing their ideas because they do see the negative impact where. You know, you're the one that seems to be contrarian in the room uh, when there's a discussion, but you actually need the contrarian point of view, the counterpoint, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it actually makes you think more, right? It's not just a quick response because you've done it, you've said it so many times before, right? It's, and uh, I find that way more interesting when when you, you know, there's going to be times when you sit through a talk or listen to a podcast or listen to somebody present something in your lunch and learn or whatever, and you might think that, oh, this is a boring talk. And when I go into those situations, everybody has those, right? We all, we all know mm -hmm. that there are some that are not going to hit home runs for you. But I always look for that one thing that I can take away from that because everybody has something to offer, and it could be an offhanded comment. It might not be a main point at all. But to me, that's where we all should be looking for those opportunities, no matter what we're kind of interacting with. Yes. And then this is off topic because it's going to be off convention, but there's this group in London called Turncoats, and they've actually started this international movement of this. It's okay to debate. Like debate has lost its uh, true kind of goal. Like we're all too nice to each other. Because oh, we're in there. afraid to disagree. Yeah. But yeah. it forces you to argue your first position, but then it also forces you to take the counter position to your own argument. Like you have to argue against yourself. I, I love that whole idea because I, I see my kids going through speech and debate classes and they have to do the same thing. Right. They have to they have to either get assigned a side to to defend or they get to pick it, but then they also have to flip it. Yeah. That's great. I think that would be refreshing. So anyway, back on topic. <laughs> Convention, Ninja Warriors. That's right. <laughs> How many of you feel like you had to run literally across town to get to all the places that you were networking or meeting up with people that you had committed to meet up with? I think that's a good analogy. I think Neil would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Jumping through point, obstacles and at, at some cabs. point I just gave up. <laughs> the the last night it, it was it was raining pretty good. It, it wasn't like pouring rain, but it was more rain than we get over here in California for yes. a much longer period of time. And uh it was like the last meetup that we were going to do and we we walked and we walked and walked and we were we were pretty wet by the time we got to where we were going. 
and it was just like oh this is another adventure it was it was totally yes. one of those one of those things where i'm going to look back really fondly on this convention because of all the the adventures that we had it was it was great definitely i had the same thing and so i had to basically get from the convention center all the way over to Penn to, you know, be part of a quick congratulatory reception for Denise because Denise and Bob, you know, won the um, gold medal this year, which was a phenomenal milestone in the whole equity conversation because when we started this whole thing, it was, you know, 2011, 2012, when the Pritzker Prize, you know, petition and the whole discussion about, you know, awarding joint work or, you know, partnerships or collaboration versus the single vision. Mm -hmm. So I think this was a, and and the whole room was very supportive of it, you know, that this was AIA's moment to shine and, you know, say we are ready to, you know, make change and make change happen. And it was a beautiful um, occasion because of it, but it was also really significant for me to actually meet her because I think she represents she is the embodiment of Melinda May. And I think I mentioned before mm-hmm. there was the Shel Silverstein poem of this little girl claiming to eat the whale mm-hmm. and nobody believed her and it took her 89 years to do it. And then she was this little old woman in the in the sketch with this carcass of a whale and she was happy and she had this smile on her face. That smile that Denise had when she when I took the selfie reminded me of Melinda May at 89 years old. Mm-hmm. And I think, yay, she did it. And I think, but good guy, there's more whale. And you yeah. know, we still have to keep going. Bring on bigger forks, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bring out your fork. But it was good. It was good. She kind of just sat there and, and soaked it in, which I thought was really appropriate when she was given the medal on stage. I thought that the video, I, I obvi- I'm reading into it, I'm sure. But it was yes. it, when, when Robert Ivy pulls the medal out of his pocket, it's like, it, the whole thing just seemed pretty awkward and in kind of a television moment kind of a thing. Like it was a little too like everything to me was a little too scripted. But I, I enjoyed that she just soaked it in when she was sitting there and she just looked around. Yes, she said it was worth being a witch for, uh, and 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 she didn't mean it for herself. I think she meant it for for what the door that this has opened. Yes, she ate the whale. Yep. So let me ask you this because this is something that I had. You know, I was thinking of when I was sitting there, you know, and they're talking about this seminal moment of awarding uh, joint gold gold medals and things like that. And they talked about the Pritzker and, you know, the fiasco of that and everything else. And of all gold medals that were given, that could have been given jointly, to me, this seems like such a no-brainer that there is never a time in my architectural career that I've ever thought of Robert Venturi as a solo or Denise, you know, as a solo. They've always been a collaborative group. It's never part and parcel that, why did it seem like this was such a pain to, and please don't get me wrong that I think it's fantastic, but you know, everybody's making a, a deal out of, oh, well, you know, we had to bend the rules to give it to two people. And I was just like, but this is obvious that you, you can't give it to Robert without giving it to Denise because yes. there is no Robert without Denise. Yes. And I just, I just thought it was so, so odd in a way. But at least there was enough uh, critical mass to but believe in the right thing to, to change the rules. Yes. Right. Yeah. So just looking yeah. on the positive side that, 
thank goodness that we're cha- times are changing and thoughts are changing. And, you know, even the resolution passing last year for the Equity and Architecture Commission was a huge milestone of people believing enough that something good will come out of working together and and changing, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think her point was definitely taken well that this does open the door for, you know, all of these collaborative teams that... That's right. uh, ...that don't recognize just the one because that's what the rules say. It's, we've been breaking rules this entire time. Forget the rules and recognize the work. And LMN receiving the firm award was also a great triumph because I believe the way they received the award was just as powerful as getting it for their design work. Um, it was done with grace. They basically invited anybody from their oh, firm that, that was great. had attended convention up on the stage. And then for the people that couldn't make it, they had um, shot this video, which was very creatively done, uh, but it, it showed the power and the diversity of their firm, you know, and mm-hmm. the collective of collaboration. Right. Yep. One of the things that I thought was great about l and I'm glad you brought that up because so when they were on stage and they were accepting their awards and, you know, we were talking about this, I, I was listening to, you know, the, the guys talking about it and accepting the awards, but right immediately behind them was a, a younger kid and who had to have been, you know, probably maybe five years out of school. He, he looked that young. And he was standing next to probably one of the oldest people at the firm. And they were sitting there and they were joking and yucking it up and, and laughing and stuff. And, and to me, what I took out of that is that they've created such a culture there that in, in the profession, we have this kind of like protect ourselves kind of thing. And so the older people are kind of almost fearful of the younger kids coming in and taking away their strength of position and all this other stuff. And, you know, so there's this kind of seclusion that everybody kind of takes. It's a, you know, kind of this me concept. And, mm-hmm. and they embodied a we concept that everybody is there for the betterment of the firm and so everybody was there and you could just see it in just those two guys faces that yes you know here we are it's the old guy who's passing the um, information and the torch down to the young kid and the young kid who's got equally as much value and information to pass to the old guy and it was just you could see the cross communication between the generations which i thought was great yes awesome i agree Let's take a quick break and talk about our other sponsor, DBI. Finding the right talent to join your firm in this exceptionally competitive market can feel like an impossible task. With everything you already have to do to run your business every day, you need a trusted partner that knows your industry and has a proven track record of success. DBI is the global leader in executive recruitment and consulting for the architecture and interior design industry. With unmatched industry knowledge and a vast network of world-class architecture design leaders, influencers, and talent, DBI provides global recruiting, staffing, and strategy. Does your firm need to hire talent? Is your in-house human resource team looking for support? Perhaps you want to build a brand designed to attract talent on your own. DBI understands the importance of having the right design talent in the right job at the right time. Their professional team ensures that every search is tailored to the specific needs of your firm. 
DBI is dedicated to delivering the highest quality results. Whether you're an architecture or design firm interested in finding your next great hire, or you're an architect that is looking to make their next career move, DBI is the right partner to help you find success. Learn more and contact the team at DBI today at their website, dbifirm.com, or call 888-774-9161. At DBI, placement is everything. And thanks to DBI for sponsoring this episode of the ArcuSpeak podcast. Here's another quick question for you. How many of you guys made it up to the art museum and did the Rocky <laughs> chair pose? Come on. Neil. I ran up the steps. I didn't okay. do any poses, though. Okay. You did. Yeah, we made it to the top. So it was a beautiful day. We went up there. What was that, Friday? Yeah. Now? Yeah, I think that was Friday. Yeah, we that was went just up there. perfect out. and perfect view of the city that it was loaded with with tourists it was it was awesome up there and we i saw your photos up there rosa you guys yeah we went to town <laughs> you guys jumped in the air you did your power poses we you, did you had them all rocky we did denise <laughs> yeah. there you go and it was a beautiful day that was the place to do it yeah that was good so are you guys going to have some blog posts and stuff kind of wrapping up we will all, all that was going on there yes i'm a little behind but i was going to do kind of what I told you today and highlights and links and such. And uh, we had a Storify capture of, you know, the tweet storm from nice. the hackathon. And then uh, we're going to have a blog series from Lillian and, you know, her takeaways and each of the teams are currently collaborating on their notes. So each of them will have blog posts and um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of activity. We also launched our save the date for our fall symposium which will be our fourth symposium called none other than equity by design drum roll metrics comma meaning and matrices and the last word matrices coming from matrix and also mater which is mother of the womb and it actually means formation or creation so it's 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 this multi multi definition word that very appropriate yes in essence, means uh, metrics being not just data, but how do we measure ourselves against the data? Yeah. Meaning, how do we take this away and apply it to our own lives, to our firms, to the profession? And then matrices, how do we create new practice, new forms, new solutions, and how do we connect them? You know, the era of connections, how do we share all this open resource or, you know, shared resource in order to solve the challenges we face today as a profession. And that's happening, you said, in the fall? Yes, October 29th at the San Francisco Art Institute. And we're hoping to have, you know, an opening reception on Friday uh, before the event and, you know, closing reception and some, you know, optional tours or just for people to be able to go travel around on Sunday. And nice. so make a weekend out of it and come to San Francisco you know, and enjoy another pivotal moment where we're going to reveal the 2016 survey findings. Oh, nice. And I can't be official with the number, but it is, you know, over approximately over 8,000. And it's actually three times wow. over what we had in 2014. And we wow. had amazing support from, you know, all the collaterals, uh, the AIA, National, um, NOMA, uh, uh, NCARB, uh, AI students, you know, ACSA, all of them, they just said, what do you need? 
and we said, uh, you know, access for you to forward the survey to your constituents, and then they did it. Yeah, and I, I, we were part of that too. Yeah, so we're really Very excited cool. to be able to share the results. There's going to be some data points that repeat from last time, so you can connect the dots of what's happened over the two years, but then there's also new uh, research topics and data points. So we hope one of you or all of you will join us, Yep, and it'll be good. And the website, I mean, we'll have a link to it in yes. the show notes, but can you give everybody the website to be watching for those uh, articles that are going to be coming up? Yes, we'll send you the link so that you can post it too, but basically www.eqxdesign.com. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. For thank you. Summarizing all that, it sounds like you guys had a blast and the biggest um, equity by design turnout ever, it sounds like. Sounds like it was awesome. Yes. Yeah, most impactful. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. Did you give it all the keynotes? I went to Julia Louise Dreyfus. Um, I missed Nary Oxman and I missed Rem, unfortunately, because I was so <laughs> triple booked with everything. You wouldn't have understood Rem. <laughs> I, the funny thing is, I got more from the Fast Company reporter. <laughs> you know what? So did I. I. Totally. So well, did I. Him. And just following the tweets when when it was going on, actually that that worked pretty well. Translator, yeah, just yeah. just following the 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 hashtag for AIA helped a ton. I'm glad somebody could translate what he was saying. Well, well, it was. I I think we were honestly we were in we were in a bad spot. I yeah. mean, because oh, okay, okay, the w- the way because you know, we, in fact, it was weird because I, I almost sat in the same location for Neri Oxman and. It was not a problem. Uh, it, w- it wasn't a problem. It was just it, audio was just bad, and and then he was he wasn't talking very loudly, and I think they really just kind of mispositioned his mic or whatever, and and so it was a whole lot of things, and you know because I was kind of excited to listen to him. If if you catch Neri's TED talk, it's almost exactly the same talk. Yeah, I didn't I send that to you guys. Funny enough, I I watched it and yeah, I saw it too. It, it seemed to be delivered slightly better in a way, I guess. Yeah, because um, they force um, the rules, the TED rules, right? Which are really important. Yeah, the, they call it the Ten Commandments of TED. Well, oh, really? you, okay. So you giving a, a TED talk here. Let me let me ask you this because uh, Evan had a, a great idea because we were talking about um, that there was. There just seemed to be something missing from the keynotes. And, and I guess, you know, some of it was, you know, this kind of trial of a new format. Right. Um, and maybe not everybody was quite ready there for it, especially yes. like the, the seated interview didn't fit, you know, with the kind it of. didn't. So, so Evan had an idea about, you know. That's where Neri really rocked everybody else. Exactly. Because she used it perfectly yeah it was like russ russ was spinning in circles oh he was up there yeah 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 and 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 she just she would take about five minutes per quadrant and and walk slowly and work the room yeah Yeah. and then you've got rem sitting in a chair and julia louis dreyfus sitting in a chair facing one direction and a total failure so yeah she that's another reason why why her talk was so so much more well received i think yep the red dot yeah, and they but... they they train you that way and, you know even our stage was like kind of theater in the round where it stuck out a little bit but you have to look at each quadrant of the room and they tell you you know obviously make your point 
you know, look at the cameras, but then look at, just purposely like aim yourself, even if you're not looking at anybody, just like turn your body. Yeah. But so like uh, Evan, your your idea, your di- your idea about this, the keynotes for like say even next year, um, of basically having kind of a a cluster of really kind of interesting, inspirational, diverse kind of layers of of keynotes, but in a TED format where you know you only get was it twenty minutes or so. I think that would be great. Could be kind of like labeled as you know the I don't know I can't remember what I said but it was it was kind of like you know the, what's going on in the profession now and then just people give kind of a cross section of the different things that are happening not just architecture but yes. you know um, things like equity by design things like um, resiliency you know, resiliency the, the you know some of the the social volunteer work that's going on in architecture, you know, just a variety of different things that give you a cross-section of what the profession is really doing and not just, you know, a couple of, okay, so I'm going to tell you about what I think, you know, is going on in architecture and we'll talk about it on, you know, where you can't hear it um, yeah. for, a, for a half an hour to an hour. Right. Um, you know, Agreed. I mean, a you know, lot of people walked out of that talk. A lot of people walked out of the talk, which was unfortunate. A lot of people fell asleep yeah. during the, the talk, which was also an un- unfortunate. And and I don't think that's what the AI was really hoping for or going for when they did this kind of theater in the round type um, format. But I think since it was new, they weren't quite sure how to use it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it was right after lunch. Uh, and it was right after lunch. All right. So till next time, I'm sure we'll talk again in uh, when we get closer to the next symposium. But uh, always good talking to you. Like, likewise. Thanks. Thank you, Rosa. Right. Take you. care. Before we go, we'd like to thank our sponsors, RCAT, DBI, and Drobo. You can find out more about each of them in the show notes. So visit our website at archispeakpodcast.com for links to our catalog of episodes. You can also sign up for our newsletter that includes links to everything we mention in each episode. Between episodes, join the conversation by leaving comments at archispeakpodcast.com and on our Facebook page or Twitter. Links can be found by visiting the site at archispeakpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night. Good night.
Hey! 